0: When you game with Alienware, you have the freedom to be anyone, like the galaxy's most feared warrior, and the freedom to go anywhere. Elevate your gameplay with the new Alienware X-Series laptops with 11th-gen Intel Core processors. Defy boundaries and start gaming now at Alienware.com. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Cynthia Hyatt is a relationship expert, executive consultant, and life management coach. Cynthia Hyatt uses her 30 years of experience as a licensed psychotherapist to now offer in-office or concierge services through executive life coaching, consulting, and image management in order to help you be your own best version. Cynthia also specializes in speaking to groups worldwide about how to be successful in relationships, as well as artfully handling life's challenges. She has had many opportunities to present numerous educational seminars and lectures on a variety of motivational, inspirational, and mental health topics around the world. Please take a moment to visit her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's Cynthia H-I-E-T-T dot com. Her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated for current events, updates, and inspiration during your week, as well as all social media platforms. You can hear this show as a podcast on iTunes and many other podcast services. Follow her on Facebook and Instagram. Now, with today's fresh insight, here's Cynthia Hyatt.
1: Well, welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and thank you for joining me today. If you're a first time listener, I'm so glad. That you found us. And we have lots of things in social media for you. So you can check out all of those different places, as well as the website, which is cynthiahyatt.com. Lots of things on the website for you. And we also have study guides that go with each one of the shows. So it kind of helps you to really take in more of the information. You can also do it as a group. I have lots of people that do that and they enjoy that process as well. So. We are talking today about intimacy. So if I say the word intimacy, what comes to your mind? Maybe do you think of romance or sex or emotional closeness or maybe you think gross or it never works for me. I don't know, but think about this word intimacy. It's kind of a big word. So while intimacy is... A level of trust and comfort we yearn for in our relationship with others, it's also important to build intimacy with ourselves. And so it may sound kind of strange to think of, you know, being intimate with yourself, but since you're with yourself all the time and thinking the thoughts only you know you're thinking and feeling, and the feelings only you know that you're feeling, you might assume that you automatically have an intimate relationship with yourself. Well, I want you to ask yourself some of these questions, and I want you to think about how you would answer them. How about, do you enjoy spending time alone, or does it make you feel antsy, irritable, lonely, yucky? Uh, Maybe it brings up feelings that you don't like. And so think about spending time just with you. How about this? How do you talk to yourself? We all have an internal dialogue, and I want you to find out or to at least own up to that dialogue, because is it kind? Is it supportive? Do you belittle yourself with negative self-talk? Do you shame yourself? Do you constantly call out all of the, the you know, failures that you're having or beat yourself up after an you know, in, interaction with someone and saying, you know, you should have done this and you, I wish you would have done this and why didn't I do this and I could have done that. and Now they're going to think this about me. And so I want you to think about how do you talk to yourself? Are you a friend to you? So that if you walk away from an event and you don't like how you handled yourself, that you have this compassionate witness inside of you that says, Hey, well, I'll talk to you about this. You know, it's okay to learn. It's okay to make mistakes. Is there something you need to fix? Well, we'll fix it. And we all know that, you know, the idea of being a Christian means that God lives inside of me, that Jesus lives inside of me. He's a friend that sticks closer than a brother. He's always available for me if I'm needing help. And many times we forget that. We just try to go to ourselves, and maybe ourself doesn't know how to help us. And so we end up feeling a little, I don't know, degraded. Maybe just under the weather. Like now we're really not happy with ourselves, and then we try to go out into public and fake it. So I want you to say to yourself and ask yourself this Do you accept everything about yourself? Or do you feel like you're never going to measure up to a certain ideal? Now, if you've listened to the show for any length of time, you know this famous saying I have, acceptance does not mean agreement. What we know in the counseling world is if I accept a client, they are much more able to change. If they are feeling rejected, they're going to do more self-demoralizing behaviors and thoughts. So when we accept ourselves, it doesn't mean we accept everything that we've done or that we lie to ourselves. It means that we simply accept the fact that we're a mistake-making person. God already knew that. He doesn't seem to be dissuaded by it. He still sticks close to us. He still loves us. We have friends and family that still love us even when we don't love ourselves. So this idea of connecting with myself, of Not being so hard on myself or critical of myself or wanting to distance myself from me. This is a very common thing that most humans have experienced. So if you can't enjoy time alone, or you talk to yourself in unkind ways, or maybe you're comparing yourself to others all the time, well, it's going to be hard to create an intimate relationship with yourself. So this means that intimate relationship means I don't hide from myself. I don't lie to myself. So while we are really exploring and developing this concept of unwavering self-acceptance, we're going to be integrating consistent self-care, which means that we're going to give ourselves grace as a way to build intimacy. So let's talk about this idea, intimacy for one. Well, I kind of did a little research on this very old saying, to thine own self be true. So what do you think that means? That means I'm going to be honest with myself versus brutal. Honesty versus brutality. To thine own self be true. That means I'm going to have eyes wide open when I look at something about me that needs to change. I'm not going to let whatever it is that needs to change define me so that I feel like I am that thing. What I'm going to do is I'm going to say, you know, I'm going to be honest with myself. This behavior, this way of thinking, this type of event, this behavior or habit that I have, I need to be honest with myself about that. God doesn't hate me for it. My friends and family don't hate me for it. A lot of my friends and family might not even know half the stuff I'm hiding from them, right? So that honesty with yourself versus brutality and beating yourself up, that honesty is really the key to change. That acceptance and honesty give you courage to change and not feel like you're on some kind of a timeline and you better hurry up and get it together. God has time. He has time. We have time. As soon as Adam and Eve sinned, they were locked in time. And now we understand much better why God locked them in time. See, if you didn't have a time frame, a time limit, humans would just become more and more and more corrupt. Almost impossible to to even resurrect, to even fix, to even change. We would just become more of that terrible derelict that we may have inside of us. So honesty means that I love you enough to tell the truth and truth always sets us free. So when we do that, we move then from punishment to correction So we're going to work on correcting things that aren't working for us, correcting things that we don't feel good about, correcting things that that we don't want to be known for, versus punishing ourselves for it. You know, if punishment worked, then God would have continued in that direction. It obviously didn't work. That's why he sent Jesus, because he knew that all all the punishment did not change a person's character. So rejection and abandoning self these things logically might make sense to us that maybe then I'll just get my act together. But actually what it does is harm. It hurts you. And then a lot of the attention is faced is based on the hurt and how to get over the hurt, which many times leads us to self-medicating behaviors that are not always healthy. And then we feel guilty. So the, the antidote for that is forgiveness See, we don't forgive something unless it's bad. We all need forgiveness. And when you forgive you, probably even knowing that you might do it again, okay? What happens is the forgiveness of you gives you the energy to get back out there and try again to do it right. If you continue in unforgiveness, you're going to be so decimated inside you're going to feel so bad and so yucky that the only things that may start working are bad behaviors and self-medicating behaviors because it's the only thing that can give you some kind of peace. So we want to get out of that cycle. We want to allow ourselves a do-over, right? A reset. How wonderful is that, that I have unlimited do-overs and I can reset at any time I want. And I may have to do it several times before it actually sticks. So we remember that self-acceptance is not tacit permission or denial. Self-acceptance means I accept myself 100%. Good, bad, and indifferent. I accept all of me. I don't necessarily agree with all of me. And we're going to love ourselves enough to take care of ourselves. One of the best ways you can show you that you care for you and love you is to take care of yourself. Think of how children feel if they're not cared for by their parents. Well, as we grow up, we become our own parent. So I want you to be a good parent to yourself. I want you to love yourself enough to take care of yourself. I want you to have compassion on yourself. I want you to believe the best of yourself. That doesn't mean lying. I want you to also take advantage of time in order to correctly and permanently change. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in the next segment as we talk more about what we sow, we reap. Well, welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host, and you are listening to Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you for tuning in. If you're just now tuning in and you missed the first segment of the show, you can go to any of your favorite podcast servers and just type in Conversations with Cynthia. Or you can certainly come back to the radio station. They also have it on, their, uh, um, on the station, so that that's a way you can also get a hold of the, the, um, the show. So we are talking about this idea of to thine own self be true. What does intimacy with yourself mean? You're with yourself all the time, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, right? For the rest of eternity. So when you think about thine own self be true, well, that first and foremost means honesty. I'm honest with myself. And I also have to take responsibility for the talents and gifts that God has given me. That's how I be true to myself, that I actually be who God designed me to be. And I don't take on myself and decide, well, God, that maybe was a good idea uh, when you created me, but I don't really want to be that. I want to be this. It never works. Trust me, I've tried it. So to thine own self be true means that I'm with myself all the time, and I need to be a friend to myself. I need to be a cheerleader to myself. I need to be the person that also holds myself accountable and says, you know, that's not you. Why are you acting that way? Why did you make that decision? What do we need to do in the future so that, that, that we make a different decision? So I'm honest with myself. And I take advantage of time. Instead of trying to race time or hold back time, I recognize that God gives me time to become who he really originally intended for me to be. So when we think about what we, uh, we are what we sow, we, and then we reap in kind. So you've heard the saying, you know, we reap what we sow. Well, one of the best ways to understand this is to stop negative talk. The negativity within us And that inhibits a kinder, gentler, internal world. What I reap, I sow. If I keep telling myself negative things about me, my brain then hears it often enough to begin to understand that you want a roadmap as to how to get to be that terrible, horrible, awful person. So we have to think differently. And we've talked about in previous shows how negativity actually damages the brain. So we need to stop the negativity and increase the positivity ratio. This helps us be a kinder, gentler version to ourselves. And it helps us with the other relationships that we participate in. So how do we turn down the negative self-talk? Well, if you're a negative self-talker, which most of us are, you may not even realize it. It may be even unconscious at this point. So remember, the brain is hardwired toward negativity. It's, it's automatic. It's its second nature. It will automatically go to what is negative first. And this is why we want to become aware of how we are thinking, how we're talking to ourselves. And one of the ways we become aware of this is really tuning in, listening to yourself the way you might listen to a dear friend or a loved one. And so, you know, that Joan, uh, Joanne Barker, she writes for WebMD, and I really like a lot of her um, articles. And so she had an article that addressed negative self-talk and what to do about it. And she really helps us understand that it's not all in our head. It's a way of creating its own reality. It has a way of creating the reality that I keep telling myself. And you can do something about making that happen. See, telling yourself you can do something can also make it come true. So self-talk dictates how you relate to yourself and how you show up for other people. So people who think negatively tend to be less outgoing and have weaker social networks and, and they're not positive thinkers. And many studies link positive emotions with satisfying relationships, more romance, lower divorce rates, and better health. And so negative self-talk is kind of like a runaway train. See, your mind goes around in circles and it's replaying the negative event in your own mind and it's showing you all the shortcomings. It's kind of going through a whole entire like examination of maybe the event or of who you are. And so it shows that research shows that happy people are able to put and do put bad days behind them. And look at how better off they are now. And they feel better. And so that means they have that wonderful quality called resiliency. And see, resiliency is the bounce back that helps us do a reset or a do-over. So if we are talking negatively to ourselves, if we are allowing for that condemnatory self-talk, we are going to be less able to bounce back we're going to finally and slowly and over and over again succumb to the negativity until that's the only way we know how to think so i need to talk myself out of it i need to change that negative self talk so we need to we need to have a plan so one of the things that you can do is write it down and a lot of times when i write down what i think especially if it's negative when I look at it on paper, I go, wow, that's, that's mean. That's bad. And it helps me to think, okay, that, there's a little bit more to this than just a random thought. That thought is going to produce something. So then maybe I want to distract myself. If I can't get out of the coulda, shoulda, wouldas, if, if only then, and the self-condemnatory thinking and behaviors, maybe I just need to distract myself and not overthink all these things. And so maybe I can just meditate, you know, on the Jesus prayer. Maybe I can meditate on anything that's positive. Go watch a movie that makes you laugh, that has a really good ending and causes people to to love each other more and better. Like, you know, one of the the movies that I like to watch if I'm really needing distraction, Kindergarten Cop with Arnold Schwarzenegger. (laughs) No, Jeremy, thank you for giving me the thumbs up. I mean, can't can't you just love that movie? It's like it's the best one there is. The kids, he is so good in it. It is wonderful. He is. And, you know, the turnaround and everybody gets to the whole town gets turned around. Love it. Oh, it's amazing. So this is one of these more important things that you do for yourself that you say, you know, if I'm getting in that downward spiral of just negativity, maybe I need to distract myself. And if that doesn't work, then this is what I recommend that you do. I want you to get mad at the thoughts, okay? Not at you. Get mad at the thoughts. Call them out. So you know, you can't talk to me like that. And you'll find that they crumble when you say this and when you really believe it. And so this is very important, that whether it's true or not, It really isn't what's important. It's what you are experiencing from that thought. So it's turning a negative into a positive. So even if I make a mistake, I can learn from it. So also you can save them for later. You can just simply say, great, okay, I'm going to think about that later. I don't have time to do it right now, so I'm going to write down the thought and I will revisit it. All of these types of things help you have more autonomy and help you have more self-agency. So you are now in charge of this versus the negativity bully that loves to bring you down. So join me in the next segment. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia, and I'll talk to you soon. Well, welcome back. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you for joining me. And if you are just tuning in, this is Conversations with Cynthia. You can join uh, you can find me on the website as well at cynthiahyatt.com and we have all kinds of wonderful social media for you. I have amazing assistants that are so creative and so able to just really disseminate this information in a way that is so helpful. So we're talking about this idea of intimacy with self. Do you know you? And many times what happens, and I realize this in my own life, I think I know myself really well, but I kind of only know the bad stuff because that's what I have a tendency to focus on. And so many times in my sessions with clients, I'll get a piece of just plain white paper and I'll put one little black dot on the piece of paper and I hold it up and I say, what do you see? And they go, the black dot. And I say, exactly. Look at all the white space. And so we have a tendency to focus on that one black dot and think that thing defines us. So we all have a mean voice, right? I want you to say, ask yourself, you know, how are you going to stop yourself from being so mean? What can you say instead? So here's a couple of suggestions that help maybe make some adjustments towards some more kindness towards you, I want you to first and foremost think about how you like to be treated. And that's usually how you treat other people. So I might want to say to myself, you know, what if I just treated myself the way I treated other people? That's simple. Not making it even any more complicated. So don't you like it when someone makes you feel you know, even worse about the messy moments? I mean, how do you feel when someone punishes you, criticizes you, rubs your face in it when you make mistakes? And how differently do you feel about the person who shows compassion and understanding? The one who actually offers assistance and grace. So what person do you want to be for your loved ones? Well, you are one of the ones that belong to you. So I want you to be that kind of person to you if you aspire to be that for other people. Think about how you would react to someone else. So let's say you're at a family dinner and one of the little kiddos, you know, tips their glass of milk over and it's a beautiful table and everything was looking beautiful and now there's milk all over the place and everybody has to jump up so it doesn't get on to them and we have to move everything and... You know, how do you react? Do you act frustrated? Do you feel like you need to teach that kid a lesson, right? Well, think about how you would react if someone else, you know, really came at you over spilling the juice. And then think about how might my friend be? Or more importantly, if I was having a dinner with an important guest, would I tell them to leave the house? Like, I can't believe you spilled the milk. Can't believe you spilled the juice all over the table. You're not worthy of sitting at the table. This is absurd. We just carefully clean it all up. We make a joke about it. We say, hey, it's a mistake. We all make mistakes. It's no big deal. It's fixable. And see, many times in our own mind, in our own heart, we just see the things that we do poorly or the things we do wrong as things that can't even be fixed, that there is no do-over that's allowed, that we'll be known for that for the rest of our lives. And probably you might be known for it if you keep reminding yourself of it, but nobody else is thinking about it. So I want you to adjust your focus. I want you to focus on who you are as a person, not always on your behaviors. And I want you to listen to yourself. What is it that you really need? What would help you come back stronger and healthier? And I want you to have some routines the same way if, if you've had kiddos, if you have pets. We know how important routines are for humans and for animals. My cat gets very upset if we don't follow the routine that she's used to. And this is one of the ways she feels loved and secure, so we need to give that to ourselves. What's my routine that I'm going to make sure I do for me? And so as we come to a, an end, I want you to hear this Bible verse. This is Luke's uh, chapter 6.35 out of the Message Bible, and it says, I tell you to love your enemies. Help and give without expecting a return. You'll never, I promise, regret it live out this god created identity the way our father lives toward us generously and graciously even when we're at our worst our father is kind you be kind and so if you're your own enemy i want you to look up this verse luke 6:35 and i want you to practice loving your enemy and continue to love you the way God loves you. So join me in the next segment. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia, and I'll talk to you soon. I hear the well, welcome back. You're listening to Conversations with Cynthia, and I'm Cynthia Hyatt, your host. Thank you for tuning in. And if you're just now tuning in, we are talking about intimacy with self and do you really know you? And so we talked a little bit about this idea from Hamlet, right? To thine own self be true. So there's a lot of ways that you can interpret that, that statement. But the one I want you to really focus on is I don't want you to lie to yourself, and you and i both know that we are pretty good at doing that so we either lie to ourselves by you know inflating something so that it is better than it is or we may lie to ourselves as a way to pretend something didn't happen we may lie to ourselves as a way to really do some self deprecating kind of kind of behaviors where we're really trying to excuse ourselves, and at the same time, we're castigating ourselves. And so I want you to think about, how do you talk to yourself? Are you a friend to yourself? And that we have this "me, myself," and I" triune going on inside of us? How do I talk to me about myself? So I want to make sure that when I'm being honest, that I'm not brutal. And one of the other things we talked about in the last segment was this idea of allowing ourselves a do-over or a reset. That has everything to do with forgiveness. And I have to remind myself sometimes, you know, forgiveness is necessary because it actually means that maybe I did do something wrong, but I deserve to be forgiven. So I don't have to forgive people that didn't do anything wrong. So yes, I did something wrong. Does that change my identity, though? Does that affect my worth and value? So we want to make sure that we take advantage of God allowing us to do it over, of God allowing us to reset something, and that we understand that self-acceptance doesn't necessarily mean permission or that I'm denying the reality of my condition, And so while I am accepting who I am, where I'm at, I'm also recognizing, and it doesn't mean I necessarily agree with what I've done or what I'm I'm continuing to do, but I am committed to change so that I don't use that self-acceptance as a way to have denial. And that helps with compassion. So when you think about the saying, to thine own self be true, are you willing to be truthful with you about you? Are you willing to be truthful with other people about who you are and where you're at, what you struggle with, what your maybe some of your successes are? Are you willing to be truthful to another person about yourself? This is important information for us to recognize how how the the ripple effect of our relationships occurs. It emanates from within us. So as I am doing this internal work, it's going to emanate from without. It's going to come from within to without. And then people are going to recognize, wow, I kind of like being with her. And they don't know that it's necessarily because maybe I have some congruency inside of myself. Maybe I have some really good self-acceptance. Maybe I've been forgiving of myself, so I come across as more forgiving towards you. Maybe I'm more accepting of myself, so I'm more accepting of you. So this is what we want to think about, is that we want to practice love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness with ourselves. The more I practice it with me, the easier it is for me to do for you. It was remarkable when I learned this. I thought I was going to do it from the outside in, that if I was really nice and kind and forgiving and understanding with everybody else, then somehow maybe I could do it for myself. But what I found it was happening is that maybe some of what I was doing for others wasn't as honest or as sincere as I wanted it to be. And I found that it was because I wasn't doing it for me. So I really didn't know how to do it well because I wasn't practicing on myself. And so when I really practiced that on myself, I became so much better at doing it for others. And so we want to think about this verse again that we talked about in the last segment. This Luke six thirty-five. I tell you to love your enemies. Help and give without expecting a return. Now, how many of us help ourselves, right? (laughs) Give things to ourselves and don't expect a return. I mean, think about what going on a diet is about, right? Trying to quit an addiction. Trying, you know, trying to make enough money to get a certain thing so that we feel good about ourselves. So God is saying, help yourself and give to yourself without expecting a return, Just give yourself what you need. And he goes on to say, you'll never, I promise, regret it. Live out this God-created identity the way our Father lives toward us, generously and graciously, even when we're at our worst. Our Father is kind. You be kind. So let's look at it a different way. How do I love someone that's unlovable? Many of us feel unlovable to ourselves. And that's a tough thing. See, in Matthew 5 44 in the Message Bible, it says, You're familiar with the old written law love your friend. And its unwritten companion, hate your enemy. Well, Jesus goes on to say, I'm challenging you on that. I'm telling you to love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer. For then you are working out of your true selves, your God-created selves. This is what God does. He gives his best, the sun to warm and the rain to nourish to everyone, regardless whether they're good or bad, nice or nasty. See, if all you do is love the lovable, do you expect a bonus? Anybody can do that. If you simply say hello to those who greet you, do you expect a medal? Any run-of-the-mill sinner can do that. And that's really important for us to recognize. That God says, working out of your true selves, the one that God has created, this is what God does. He gives his best to everyone, regardless. The good and the bad, the nice and the nasty. So if we're waiting for ourselves to be lovable, we may never love ourselves. Because one of the ways that we make people lovable is they experience love. So we say, love your enemies. If you are your own enemy, I want you to start by loving your enemy, forgiving your enemy, learning the story about your enemy. That mean, maybe that means going to therapy and saying to the therapist, I don't know why I do what I do. I can't seem to stop it. I make these commitments, I don't follow through. I try to do these, integrate these habits, I don't do it. And so this is where we recognize that, wow, part of loving the enemy, which may be ourself, is recognizing that that part of us needs some help. Nobody can do it all on their own. We saw this with the the story of Jesus. He couldn't even carry his cross all, all the way on his own. He needed help. That's the hallmark of humans. It's the hallmark of mammals. So we want to respond with prayer. And it goes on to say, if someone slaps you in the face, stand there and take it. If someone grabs your shirt, gift wrap your best coat and make it a present. If someone takes unfair advantage of you, use the occasion to practice the servant life. No more of this tit for tat stuff. Live generously. And what you're going to find is that positivity has a way of creating more of itself. Negativity is kind of like a, ba- a vacuum. So you love your enemy, you help without expecting a return always love, always forgive, always practice kindness and gentleness. Make that a habit. See, this is a hard world. And life is hard. And living is even harder. So I want you to be nice. I want you to be kind. This does not mean that we ignore bad behavior. It doesn't mean that we accept bad behavior on an ongoing basis. This doesn't mean that we're giving people just a, a free pass to act however they want to act. What we're doing is we're loving people truthfully. We're loving the good parts and the bad parts, but we're loving them enough to help them to change. So I want you to think about this. How, do you have a backup plan? You know, when you find yourself about to say something to someone that you know you're going to regret, take a deep breath relax your face. And I can't tell you how much this has helped me. I I realized if I breathe in, I can't talk. And what's so magical about it is that as soon as I take in oxygen, it shifts the part of my brain that I'm in. I suddenly become more in the prefrontal lobe which is the adult me. So instead of acting like a child or a teenager, I actually act like an adult, even if I'm hurt or even if I'm offended. And so what words do you use when you're being kind? What kind of a tone do you use? So notice if you start to have kind of a a check, if you, if you start to sound kind of mean, what sets you off? And ask yourself, what are the things that I need to be aware of in me To know that this is some of the stuff that really bugs me. And I have to get a handle on myself. So I can't be shocked and surprised when somebody does it. I need to be prepared for it. I need to have a backup plan. So how can you do this for yourself? Well, they want you to have a routine. We all need routines. Routines really help humans. So think about how you get your needs met. Practice letting go of things that really you can't change anyways. And just simply let yourself be free of them. And don't carry that offense for the person that offended you. And when you have a choice, then make a good choice. I mean, maybe it feels mean, you know, maybe feeling mean is automatic, But as long as you relax your body and take in a breath, it sends a different signal to your brain and you will have self-control. And so many times we're not taking care of ourselves. And so stress is, is more difficult for us to manage. So this is what I want you to think on. If all else fails and you slip into mean mode, remember that you're human and you can apologize and you can move on and you can be kind to yourself. And you can figure out what needs you have that are not being met or fulfilled so you can take better care of you. And you can prevent yourself from doing the same thing over and over again because you have a choice. And I want you to choose well. And I want you to choose on your own behalf. I want you to do the right thing because the right thing helps you. And I want you to have compassion on yourself. This is tough down here in this world, and it's not getting easier. So the more that you can love you and care for you, the more you will handle this world better and leave it better because of you. Have a great week, and I look forward to talking to you next week.
0: We hope this past hour has been encouraging, motivating, and inspiring to you. The messages and teachings shared during the show are given as a way to reach you, the listener, with ideas and insights on how you may not only improve your life, but have more successful and meaningful relationships as you become the best version of you. Cynthia is available as a keynote speaker or guest speaker for your corporate or spiritual events. Cynthia is able to customize a message for any audience attending a meeting, retreat, or conference. In addition to this, she oftentimes partners her messages with music, as she is a singer and musician. Please contact her through her website at CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, you can download the most current show from her website at CynthiaHyatt.com or hear a replay on your favorite podcast server. Please take a moment to visit her Facebook page at Cynthia Hyatt Incorporated and leave your ideas and comments about today's show now be your own best version